This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Touchdown, Kansas City! Damian Williams runs to immortality! Listen Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Addison Patterson. Wow. Sounds like something in a poetry slam, Dave. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. Jayton Alexander with six, crosses over, drives in, drives to the basket, shot is good! 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 And one! Everything happening in the sports world. And the Chiefs kingdom has firmly planted its flag on top of football's highest summit. And even some things not happening in the sports world. I've always had trouble with my hammy, and it's just been, it's kind of chronic and there's just really nothing I can do about it. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing, another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM, KBBE, or for those of you listening online, worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner, joining me as always, the most popular man in the entire city of McPherson, getting ready for a big, big, big week coming up, Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Steve, you know what's tonight? Don't tell me the match. Well, it's the two-night season finale, and night one, man, oh, it was as good as advertised. Two hours of a roller coaster of a night, and now... You don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be crazy on night number two. They haven't made any picks yet. I'm just so excited. I'm just stoked. You can tell. I can tell you're really excited. Yeah. I figured 63 might be the age that you decide The Bachelor is your lifestyle and that you want to watch it and you want to participate, but maybe we could wait till 64? I think not. Maybe you could just wait until retirement? I, I, I think once that show is off the air... You know, at some point it'll go off the air. It'll never go off the air. Well, I don't know. I don't watch it, so, you know, The Bachelor for me is just frivolous. I think that you should be sold on it. I think it's right up your alley, I'm sure you and Miss Emma will discuss it. We'll have all sorts of things to talk about because it was a crazy night. Okay. I found it very interesting that your guy, Peter, the pilot, who is The Bachelor, he was getting a lot of opinions from his mother. His mother was swaying him on because he's down to two. Yeah, and his mother was saying, "Don't pick one of them. I want you to pick this one because she loves you." And Peter didn't like that. And then my mother texted me. I think I was going to say, "When's Tracy going to chime?" Well, in my mother w- was all in on it, and I said, "Well, I'm glad I'm not putting you in this type of position right now, and not bringing Madison or Hannah Ann back to our home and making you make a decision." Well, it's I I don't watch it, so it's just it, it doesn't interest me. It's you know it's it's a reality show, I guess. I guess that's what they call those. It is what they call them. Yeah, they so, being everybody. But I know there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that goes on. That what does that, that mean? Huh? What does that mean? I I just it just seems like there's some a of lot the, of beso- behind the scenes stuff stage. that goes on. I think there's a lot of stage stuff. Oh no, shows like it's that. love, Steve. Oh, well, don't you know? Come on. I don't know. But well, st- well, Steve, we have a lot of things to talk about today. And not the Bachelor. Number one, I think we've got eight more minutes of Bachelor talk that we need to fill with. No, I, I don't think I so. I also want to do a full-on breakdown of the state tournament coming okay. up next week. We have all the brackets. I want to get your feel, at least for the top 
three classifications because we cover that a little bit closer. I think there's more of a general interest in that. We'll talk a little bit about the 1A Little River Boys. We won't have to dive into the 1A Girls State Tournament because I can tell you who's going to win yeah. that state tournament. Right. And that will be Emily Ryan and Central Plains. They and won like a gazillion games in a row. It's up to like 143, yeah. something crazy like that. And you so, think how good Little River was when they won 91 in a row and I covered those teams and you put another 40 by Central Plains on that. That is just that's yeah, it's, it's not bad. Emily Ryan's never lost a game, correct? Since correct. At Central Plains. so She probably hasn't lost a game ever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't Maybe. know if, if the Central Plains middle school team would have lost many games. Well, I know she lost in state tennis finals. She has Individually, she has lost. But uh, as a team player, I don't think she's lost. Well, Steve, we're excited about that, and, and I want to break that down. Other than that... I wanted to talk a little bit about one thing I saw yesterday that might be my favorite thing that I saw yesterday. You know how Scott Van Pelt does his best thing I saw today? I don't watch Scott Van Pelt, but I know who he is. <laughs> he's an ESPN guy. That sounds like you are making a statement. He, he, I do not watch no, no, Scott Van Pelt. He's an ESPN guy, but he comes on real late at night. That's true. So you are you are I'm, kind of an I'm, early guy. I'm in bed. So. Well, he does this thing that he says, best thing I saw today. Well, this is the best number that I saw yesterday. And I wanted to just bring this up as another point to people and saying, just remember how good things are here. So I saw some of Taylor Robertson's three-point shooting numbers. Her sophomore season at Oklahoma is not quite done yet. They'll be playing in the Big 12 tournament. I believe they actually play on Thursday. It's either Wednesday or Thursday in the Big 12 tournament up in Kansas City. Okay. And they play Oklahoma State, but I don't know how the timing works out. It'd be awesome if she could make the hour trip south and go watch the Bullpup Girls at 3 o'clock. But anyway, I saw some numbers from her almost two full seasons of college basketball. If they win and, and keep going for a little bit, then it could add it. But I wanted to point out the number one three-point women's shooter of all time and where she was at at essentially this same point in her career okay. in terms of three-pointers made, percentage. So... The previous leader was Kelsey Mitchell, who currently holds the record. She was at Ohio State up until 2018. And in her first two seasons, she made 215 threes out of 555 attempts, just under 39%. Okay. She would go on to be the greatest three-point shooter in women's college basketball history. On the men's side, do you remember Fletcher McGee from Wofford? I don't. I remember Wofford. Yeah, because Fletcher McGee was on that well, team. Well, I don't remember Fletcher McGee. And was an unbelievable three-point shooter for that Wofford Terrier team that made a run a couple years ago. But anyway, through his first two seasons, he made 203 three-pointers and 455 attempts. So fewer attempts, but just a few fewer made. So 215 for the women's leader through her first two seasons. 203 for the men's leader through his first two seasons. Do you want to take a guess where Taylor Robertson is at? through her first two seasons of college basketball, essentially? About 230. 236. 236. So she's made 21 more than the women's career three-point shooting leader did through two seasons and has made 33 more than the all-time men's three-point shooting okay. leader made through two seasons. The Oklahoma record, well, she's about to do a couple laps around those. It was 169 on the women's side. Through the first two seasons, she's at 236. Right. So that record was shattered. Right. It was taken out in the backyard and hit with a hammer. And then Buddy Heald, who's the men's three-point leader at Oklahoma, he made 109 threes through his first two seasons. So T-Rob doubled 
Buddy Heald in his first two seasons. She owned him. But I think that Buddy made a bunch in the back half of his career. But I just wanted to point out the greatness of Taylor Robertson. And it's really fun for me, for everybody else to start to realize it. And I, there was a great video that they ran whenever she broke the new OU single-season record for three-pointers made and the Big 12 record for single-season three-pointers made with the other coaches talking about how much of a pain in the butt she is to, to deal with <laughs> and, and how much fun, well, n- how much not fun it is for them to have to plan for her. And you and I have watched a decent amount of her this year and how much her game has evolved at the college level and changes that she has made to her game to make herself even better. Yeah, she gets her shot off just so quickly and, and really quickly. Yeah, gets I mean, she doesn't even it doesn't even look like sometimes she has control of the ball in her hands, it's going up. But, you know, it it's it's amazing because let's face it, Taylor is not what you would call the greatest athlete in college basketball. Well, compared to other compared Big to 12 other, great right. athletes, yeah. no. Taylor does it on cunning, guile, smarts, being cerebral, just, you know, working off screens, pulling up from 30 when people don't think she will and knocks it down. So, you, you know, she's kind of Steph Curry-like in, in that respect. But uh, she just knows how to play. She's a winner, always has been. Led the Bullpups to the state championship in her final season. Of course, the great dagger game and how appropriate it was for her to hit two free throws uh, to clinch the victory against Miege in 2018. And uh, I don't, you know, when she went to Oklahoma, I'm like, well, maybe she'll, you know, they'll use her as a player off the bench for instant offense. Never in my wildest dreams that I think she would start, play 40 minutes every game practically. <laughs> play every single second yeah, of every like game. She, yeah, they have cut back on her minutes recently. Uh, there was a game she only played 20. She did have some foul trouble one game, but. For the most part, she had a stretch of about 15 games where she played either 39 or 40 minutes. A couple games she played 44 or 45 because she played overtime. And I think they kind of really, to be honest, I think they kind of ran her into the ground a little bit. I I think they should have rested her more. But she has just been incredible. And if, you know, they go up and play Oklahoma State uh, in the tournament, and I think the teams have split this year. Yes, they won at Stillwater. Yeah, both teams won on the other's home court. I, it'd just be fitting if Taylor goes for about nine threes up there in Kansas City in that first-round game. But I just want people to appreciate how cool it was to have somebody like her be from here, yeah, play for the Bullpups, win a state championship, and do it in Taylor's way. And she scored uh, almost 2,000 points in her career. I think she had 1,900-something. And no one, I don't think anyone will ever come close to that. I really don't. Because you look at how much... Taylor was on the court from, you know, her freshman year from the very first game. You've got to play a lot of games and make a lot of score a lot of points to get to almost 2000 or make 40. a lot of free throws too. Make a lot of free throws. So, uh, I think Taylor's kind of put the record out of sight. I mean, you look at the old girls record. I believe it was Ashley Sweat that had it and she was like around 1500 some. So Taylor beat it by over 400, which is basically another whole season. That's 20 points a game in 20 games. So For reference, 500 points in a high school basketball season in a, Kansas be 20, is, a, is a lot. It'd be 25 points a game. Well, then you throw in the postseason. It's right. t- it typically averages out to be about 23 right. points a game. Yeah, T- 500 points is a really, really good season. 400 points is a dang good season, too. Yeah. And it, it, it has been fun to watch Taylor. I just wanted to point out that stat I saw today. Steve, have you been following your friend Tom Brady? 
I haven't. I haven't and, spoken and, to Tom and, lately. Yeah, I, I figured that you texted him, and and you and Gronk were coordinating. I, I haven't heard what his latest is. I know he's there's a lot of teams courting him. I know the 49ers are courting him. I've heard the you know since Dallas offered Dak Prescott a gazillion dollars, I'm, I'm assuming Dak will go back to Dallas. But I don't know where my buddy Tom's going to end up. Well, I know that you're kind of a company man. I am and, and that man. I think if you were giving Tom Brady the advice, you would tell him just stay with the Patriots and don't do anything stupid. But what if he feels like he has not been given the correct treatment from the New England Patriots? Would you still advise him to just go back there and finish things out? Would you advise him to retire? I mean, you're at a retirement age, Steve. You have to start thinking about these things. What would I'm you tell retirement. Tom? Yeah, that's true. You're old. <laughs> But, what, what would you tell Tom? You know, I look at that from the standpoint, there's been some quarterbacks, real, you know, Tom's age. I, I look at Joe Willie Namath. You know, he was with the Jets forever, went out for, played one year at the Rams. It was a disaster. My favorite quarterback of all time, Johnny Unitas, was with the Colts forever, went out the, the Chargers. Was It was miserable. I think I'd tell Tom just to stay put. I, he regressed tremendously, and, and he won't admit that. He'll be the you know he'll be the last to admit, but I thought he tremend- regressed tremendously this last year. He just didn't have the arm strength. He didn't have the receivers for one thing, and yet they still were. He had the greatest defense of all time. Yeah, though, and he had a win. great defense. So I mean, yeah, if he goes somewhere else, it's got to be somebody that is built to win the Super Bowl. Now he can't go just to Carolina or Denver or someplace like that. He's got to go where they are a quarterback away from winning it all. I was a little bit too young to remember much about the Joe Montana move to Kansas City. Would that have been like the 94 or er, 95 ni- yeah, I want to say 93, 94, somewhere around there. I knew it was somewhere and in he, that And range. Marcus Allen also made a move at the time. They were kind of together. I think Joe was only there two or three years, but they were very memorable. He got them, I think, into the, into the AFC Championship game one year. I was thinking that they won the division both years right? and then would have lost their first-round playoff game in one of the years and then would have won one of them Right, and the they made other. it to the finals one year. But Joe was pretty well past his prime by then. He was more of a game manager than anything else. Do you know how old he was at that point? I want to say 35 or 6. Okay. Yeah. I was just a little – well, part – I don't think I was alive for yeah. some of it. Yeah. And I can remember being a little kid and people wearing Joe Montana jerseys. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really understand because – and also I didn't really grow up like with my dad being a Chiefs fan or something. Yeah. I just grew up in Kansas City and they didn't really care. And and people would wear these Joe Montana jerseys. And in my head, I'm like, well, he was the 49ers quarterback. I don't know. It confused me a lot. Yeah. So I don't know a lot about that time frame and what Joe Montana would have been like in Kansas City. Who's the next quarterback you would compare him to in his time in Kansas City? Uh, I mean, would Trent Green during that run have been better than what Joe Montana was during his couple years? I, I thought Trent Green was really good when he was with the Chiefs. He got hurt one year. Uh, basically missed quite a bit of the season. But, you know, I look back at Chiefs quarterbacks, they haven't had a whole lot of great ones. You had the Are you saying that Damon Hewitt is not a great quarterback? Elvis Gerback, uh, yeah. Matt Castle. Boy, there were some bad ones in there for a while. Uh, Tyler Palco. Oh, one of my Tyler favorites. Thigpen. Oh, Thigpen, for sure. One yeah, of my there favorites. were some really bad quarterbacks. Brody Croyle. Yeah, really bad. Do you remember him? Oh, yeah. He had his cup of coffee. Aaron Murray. Yeah. I don't know if he really had I don't know if he ever even got on the field. Yeah, he played exhibition games, but I don't remember him in a regular season game. He, Matt he might, Moore. Yeah, 
There's been some bad ones. Well, but, Matt Moore helped help them big time. But now, this past the, now year. Patrick Mahomes, they've got him for another 12 years probably. He's not bad. Not bad. All right, Steve, let's take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about the state basketball tournaments. We'll break down the couple bigger classes and who we think's going to win, and Steve can give all of his big-time opinions like we pay him to do, even though they are not supported. <laughs> Steve is a reckless man. That's right. We'll take a break. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. We're back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve Sell, obviously a very exciting time for some state tournament basketball coming up this week. You and I will be making the trip over to Emporia on Thursday as the McPherson girls will start on the 5A girls' side at Emporia at White Auditorium. But there are also some really, really good state tournaments going on. And I think in particular, those top three or four classifications are very, very well put together this year. I know that there's been some conversation about classes 3, 2, and 1A and and what they want to do going forward with substates because in classes 6, 5, and 4A, it is seeded at the end of the regular season and gives the teams that have been better throughout the year the better chance to make the state tournament. But I want to talk about some of the other state tournaments. We'll dive all into the Bullpups tomorrow at the 5A Girls State Tournament. But where would you like to begin? Let's start with uh, 4A. I need you to be a little louder, Steve. Uh, 4A there is you where go. I'd like to start. because Would you like to talk boys or girls? Let's talk boys because I think there's a really top-heavy uh, Eastern flavor to the 4A boys. There's a really top-heavy Eastern flavor. And when we look at this 4A boys state tournament, it'll be in Salina. They are on the Thursday, so the girls will be on the Wednesday. Parsons is the number one seed. And to me, Steve, I've followed it all year long. Parsons... Miege, Piper, those are the three teams. And when you have these three great teams, which one is on the opposite side of the other is always the most important question. And Parsons is on the opposite side. Now, the thing that makes this interesting is that Parsons' best player, Derek Williams, got hurt last week, had to be taken off the floor in their substate opener, didn't play in their substate final. They will play Rose Hill in the first game, who I don't think they will have any problems yeah. with. And then if they were to win, they would either play Augusta or Ottawa, and we have seen Augusta two times. We know that Coach Sims will have that team ready to go. And there are people that are taking Parsons, and with Derek Williams, give me Parsons to get out of that side. Without him, I might put my stock in the Augusta Orioles because they are a well-balanced team. I know Parsons is very, very good. But imagine going back to two years ago and saying, okay, here's this McPherson team Take away Ben Pyle. Yeah. It's a different team. Right. And it leaves you a little bit more vulnerable. He, he was such an important part of that team. How would it look without him? And that's kind of what this Parsons team is having to do on the fly here this week. And that is one side of the bracket. And then the two teams that I think are going to come out of the bottom side, the Piper boys, they play Bueller, Bishop Miege, they play Andale. We have seen three out of those four teams, and we've right. seen Miege the last couple years. But I think it's Piper, Miege, Parsons and Augusta that'll be in that final four. 
And if we're putting Piper Miege in the state semifinal, wow. man, wow. that is some star power. And, and I'll be honest, I think that's the championship game. I know Parsons is the number one seed, but that Piper team just wowed me. I, I like Piper. I like Piper to win it all. I really do. Um, I, I just think uh, they are the most balanced team. Uh, they've got the star power in Tamar Bates. They got the size. Uh, they got that shooting guard. I can't remember his name, but a great shooting guard. Uh, their starting five is just really good. I like Piper. I know Miege has kind of been the gold standard, but I just don't think Miege is quite as strong as it's been. I'm going Kansas City Piper. Then, Steve, as we look at the 4A girls' side, I think the girls' state tournament is very good as well. And the most important thing that always comes up again, which side of the bracket is Bishop Miege on? Right. Which side of the bracket is Kansas City Piper on? And they are on opposite sides of the bracket. Piper will open up the state tournament by playing the always mighty Baldwin High Bulldogs. And then Eudora is a team that has been very good throughout this season. They'll play Clay Center. I think it's Piper and Eudora that come out of that. Then you have Nickerson taking on Bueller, Shawnee Mission, Bishop Miege taking on Chapman. And it will be Miege and Nickerson to me, Eudora and Piper. I think Piper and Miege go through. And there's a chance that we have another big-time Piper-Miege matchup. Last year in the state championship game, it was the same matchup, except for Piper's best player, Ali Vigil, tore her ACL in like the first minute of the game. Right. And so emotionally, they were out of it. And as you could imagine, Bishop Miege went on to win. So do you think the Piper girls have the star power? Do you think they can overcome Bishop Miege, who has Gatorade Player of the Year, Peyton Verholst? No. Okay. Miege... I always put my money on. I don't put money on it, but yeah, I always call, put my call stock. The people in the desert. I always put my stock in the Miege. Uh, if Miege loses, it's an upset. Anytime to me, Miege loses with Terry English as head coach, it's an upset because Miege doesn't beat themselves. You have to beat them. We saw that Piper team when we were up there. I they're okay. They're a good team, but I haven't seen Miege. But I know with the Verholz girls. They're going to get it done. So Steve's predictions for 4A, Piper boys, Bishop Miege girls. Correct. All right, Steve, would you like to do 5A boys or 6A overall? Let's just do 6A overall. We'll start on the 6A girls side, which I think is a really, really good state tournament. It's weird the way it broke down that the top four seeds are all from the West. The bottom four seeds are all from the East. And we've seen a lot of these teams this year. You have Liberal as the number one seed. They're 22-0. Don't believe in them. But the Liberal Redskins have not quite been pushed like the number two Topeka High Trojans have been. They're also 22-0. Number three seed is Wichita Heights. They play the always mighty Olathe East Hawks in the opening round game. And then the Derby Panthers are the four. They play Shawnee Mission Northwest, who gave McPherson its only loss of the year. Liberal plays Olathe South, who we saw at the Mid-America Classic. And Topeka plays Olathe North. I am very intrigued by this 6A Girls State Tournament because I think there are three or four really, really good teams. But all of my inside sources say that Coke Arena is going to be dominated by Topeka High and that this Trojan team is unbelievable. If they were to win, they would, well, I can't even say who they would likely play because Wichita Heights, I think, is the second best team in the state but their best player has been hurt for about the last two weeks and is out for the year. So, and, and they are not a deep team. They have three really, really good players, and one of them is gone. So I don't have a great feel for what I think of them, but I think Topeka High is going to win. And then you look at the Derby-Shawnee Mission Northwest matchup. 
I think that is a very important matchup there because the winner of that, I think, beats Liberal if they don't lose the first game. Well, I'm going to throw you a curveball. Let's hear it. I know uh, Wichita Heights is missing their best player, but there's something about Heights. I My sources tell me they have four players that are Division One caliber. Well, three of them. Four, one's hurt and the other three. Right. I'm going to go Wichita Heights. It's in Wichita. You know, they get to sleep in their own beds. I'm going Wichita Heights to win it. So you're picking them to beat the mighty Olathe East Hawks. Your mighty Olathe oh, East Hawks are going to go that, down That's to a the crusher, field. Steve. Yeah. So you're taking Wichita Heights to come out of that side. Right. Then how about the top side? Derby, Shiny Mission Northwest. I, I like Derby in that game. I think Derby I think Derby comes out of the other bracket. And then beat Liberal or Olathe South. I, I like Derby. I, this Derby team's playing great. I saw some uh, highlights of them. The Archer girl, who didn't do really much against McPherson, is just really torn it up since we saw her. Uh, she's gotten more comfortable, a transfer from Hutchinson. And then, of course, the Brown girl, the freshman, Kennedy Brown's little sister. I like Derby and Heights with Heights to win it all. Give me the Topeka High Trojans rolling the entire week. Well, on Monday, you can say you were right. That'll be my prediction. All right, 6A boys and another tournament that I think is just full of great teams. You've got the Campus Colts that are the number one seed. They're undefeated. They're 22-0. They'll play Manhattan High in the first game. And then I think it is relatively open from the rest of the way. I think there are very good teams, but I think it is open for that next best team. The number two seed is Harmon High School out of Kansas City who is 20-2, but lost to Augusta. They haven't been pushed by top-tier talent this year. I don't have a lot of faith in them as the number two seed, the team that always can hang around and hurt you. Number three seed, Blue Valley Northwest, who is trying for a four-peat. I think that they are probably the team to beat. They play Free State, who we saw in the MIT Finals, play against Bishop Carroll, and took them right down to the wire. Yeah. I think Free State is a very, very good team. And then the 4-5 matchup is Blue Valley North and Lawrence High. Okay. How do you feel about 6A boys? Um, 6A boys, to me, you always go with the favorite, and that's, to me, Blue Valley Northwest. Ed Fritz always finds a way to get it done. I'm you, sticking you think with, they're the favorite, even though campus is undefeated and has I'm not, seven or eight unbelievable players? I am not sold on campus. I know they're undefeated, but they're a team that has been kind of a – AAU put together team, bunch of kids transferred in. What do you think Blue Valley Northwest is? Yeah, but but I'm just I I, I go with the experience. It's kind of like going with the Bishop Miege girls. I always ride with my man Ed Fritz. Interesting. Yeah. Gimme campus. I've okay. seen them play. Okay. And they are as talented of a high school basketball team as I have ever seen. Doesn't mean they're the best, but they are as talented. And I think on any night. They can be as good I as they want. I just think if things don't, if things start to go south for them, they haven't been in the position to react. I think they'll not react well, and I think Blue Valley Northwest gets it done. Five A boys. Okay, I think it's a great field. I think that well for a great games. I don't know if it has the same star power and maybe the top end talent that it did last year, but I think we have an opportunity for a very well balanced and and field that's kind of hard to judge is what I mean by a great field. I don't have a great feel on a lot of it. Andover's the number one seed. We've seen them. They're 22-0. We have seen Baser-Linwood earlier this year. They're 20-2. One of those two losses came to Park Hill South. They also have a win over Piper this year. They play Andover Central in the first game. Hayes High and, and Highland Park, I don't have a great feel for them. I have a idea in my head 
that the game that could determine who wins a state championship is that two versus seven game, Baser Linwood against Andover Central, a Baser team that finished in the finals and played Andover Central last year. They took second to the Jags. They get a rematch in the opening round. And can Xavier Bell put the team on his back for a couple more games? Well, you know, the old saying is the team with the best player has the best chance to win. But uh, Xavier Bell, great player. I just don't think he's got enough to go with him, though, this time. And uh, I'm going Baser Linwood to win it. I really am. We saw him up at Piper. I was very impressed with them. They play so hard. And I think coming so close last year, I think they're going to get over the top this year. So those are your predictions. You were saying Baser Linwood boys. Right. You were saying Blue Valley Northwest boys in 6A. Right. You were taking Der- Derby in 6A girls. Or no, Wichita Heights is who you I picked. Took, that was my upset special. 4A boys, Piper, 4A girls, Miege. That's it. Those are Steve's official predictions. Those are my official picks. So All right, Steve. Set them in stone. They are in stone. They're in stone. We'll take one more break. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Ramping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, Steve Sell, have you gone out and bought a face mask yet? Not I like, Not like a football face mask, but I to fight off the virus. I haven't. Does it make you nervous for state basketball next week, going over to Emporia? Because I, I, I think you and I, I you, you'll t- we'll take one for the team. But you know me, I, I'm a little more, you know, in worldly events between you and I, you're, you know, you're a millennial, happy-go-lucky, I'm a high-tension old person that worries about every nickel and dime and everything that goes on in the country and the sky is falling the sky is falling this coronavirus thing does really concern me so if we have to go over to emporia and there's no people in the stands it's just you me the basketball team's playing wouldn't that be a fun day no that would not be fun <laughs> well no. it'd be a real problem because they could hear everything well, we say i think there's only been what one case reported in kansas so far i don't know i haven't checked but you know, they they say young people are the least at risk. It's it's people like me that yeah, old, are at risk. decrepit. Yeah, people over 60, and that's me. I'm over 60. You're in your 20s, so. 21. But I'm not going to wear a mask to the game. I'm going to, and I'm not, I may not shake any hands, but I'm not going to wear a mask to the game. No shaking hands. I may rub elbows or something. No kissing babies. Yeah, I'm, no. You'll do like that forearm. Yeah, I'll do the high forearm. Five. Yeah, I'll do the forearm. Shiver. You'll say, hey, good game. Yeah, that's what I'll do. Okay, I I can understand that. If you would like to read the Kansas State High School Activities Association official statement. Right, we've posted it's it. It's up on the website. And coronavirus.gov is where you go if you want <laughs> all your coronavirus information. Yeah, you'll be all over it. Yeah. I think that you and I will be making the trip to Emporia either way. Yeah. So if fans aren't allowed to go, don't worry. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll go. We'll take care of it. We'll, Steve and then, I will take one then, for the team. Then we'll be quarantined for two weeks. And Hopefully they can just keep it all out of Emporia. That's right. We'll do our best. Yep. All right, Steve, tomorrow on the show we will give our full 
5A Girls State Tournament Breakdown. We'll talk about McPherson's opening round matchup with Baser Linwood. We'll talk about the other games going on and how the Bullpups can win state title number 10 this weekend in Emporia. Get yourself all excited. I'm all, I'm, I'm pumped up and ready to go. Wrapping up today's show for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Well,